Howdy adventurers and welcome back to the Pathfinder Kings as we play through Outlaws of Alkenstarn. As always, we'd like to invite you to our Discord and follow us on Twitter at TPK Podcast. Now, a recap of Session 4. After defeating the Clockwork Dogs, Monzi, the Goblin Pinner, revealed herself from her hiding place. She concocts the heroes some oil of unlife and returns to the Goblin Camp. Meanwhile, the party continues onward towards the large ship blocking their path, the Harpy's Kiss. Orville innocently goes to start the engine, but gets attacked. Tyrion gets his socks rocked, but everyone survives. After many failed healing attempts, they finally get the engine running and make a path forward to the Knoll Camp. Again, combat ensues. Arcus one-shot one kills right off the bat with a beautiful crit, and the mutated gnolls continue to fight. Tyrion goes down from a crit, but his lovely brother Casper picks him back up again. They retreat to the goblin camp for rest and rewards, before continuing onward, stopping at an unusual fungal overgrowth in their path to the sewers. Alright, so you guys are at this fungal overgrown area. What is your plan? Um, I'm thinking maybe we could see how far Tyrion could throw me. No, not really. Just curious, uh, um, how, how much ammunition you got on you, buddy? Old Deadeye. I've got uh, about 80 rounds, maybe a little more. Now that, that, that's cartridge ammunition, right? You, you think we could maybe like disassemble that, get some powder out, maybe throw some out there, and then you could maybe like load an empty cartridge with you know no pack in it and try and set fire to it, see what happens? We could try. Because, I mean, if we can just trail out some gunpowder, say maybe 15, 20 rounds of ammunition, clear us a little space in here, maybe maybe that'll work. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how you handle them little bullets. Is it liquid in there or is it actually powder? Oh, it's definitely gunpowder. I take out my bullets, or like 10 of my rounds, and I hand them to Orville, and I'm like, do you think you could extract the gunpowder from these? I can certainly have a go. Yeah, so roll crafting? Yep, crafting. I'm also going to go and reload my gun. I just want to say, too, you guys laughed about how much ammunition I was carrying. I'm already down to 68 out of 100. I've, I've literally burned through a third of my ammunition almost. 68? Oh my god, how will you cope? Oh, uh, that's an 18. That's enough to extract the gunpowder. Well then, chap, here's the gunpowder. Um, what was your plan with this exactly? I think, I think he wants to put it in like a bag or something and then throw it and then I'm going to shoot it to ignite it all, right? No, no, I mean, we just... Uh, say, let's uh, tiptoe over to the edge of some of that, maybe pour some out in a little corner, and then maybe you could, uh, I, I don't know, if you take the, the little bullet out of there, you could shoot at it, and the, the, the gunpowder makes enough flame to set it off, see if that's enough fire to either burn this stuff or uh, see if it's immune to burning. I don't know what it is. Man, look at that stuff. How's that growing on that rusty shit there? Man, that's weird. I, I guess I do what he says and try it. Yeah, I end over the gunpowder. I can only see this as ending badly. As, as an alchemist, couldn't Orville set the gunpowder on fire just doing alchemy shit? I feel like that would be possible. Like, I feel like an alchemist kit, like, he, he should be able to set, like, gunpowder on fire, right? I might be able to use a bolt or something as a kind of flint and steel or something. Yeah, flint and steel in your pack, but, I mean, you'd be awful close to it. You might take off a hand if you're not careful. Well then, we're incredibly lucky that, um, your hands are very easy to repair. You talking about these old bony fingers here? Well, I, I guess I'll give it a shot with the flint and steel. Hold on, hold on now. Let me give this a try. All right, hand it over. Arcus backed way far back. Yeah, Orville is also backing off. 
I don't know if I can approach and like set it out on the the mold without disturbing the mold, or if that's like a particular save, or if I need like survival rolls here. I would do nature or survival. Ooh, the same bonus. Damned if I do, damned if I don't. All right, uh, we'll go with survival because that feels like the fire starting skill. I think. And then a reflex to see if I take off my own hand. <laughs> so you rolled a fourteen for the survival check. Yeah, roll me a reflex save in addition to that. How could that have gone wrong? It makes no sense. Well, with a 25 on the reflex save, nothing went wrong. Everything went as according to plan. There a visible reaction with the fire? Does the mold, like, burn away or anything? Yeah, it catches fire, it starts burning, uh, spores fill up in the air as the fire flames, and the smoke turns this weird green color, like green-yellow. There's a little bit of purple in there, too. You kind of hear, like, faint screams in the background, and then suddenly it's silent, and you just hear the crackling of the fire. That, that, uh, I ain't ever seen any any plants in nature burn like that before. You know anything about that? Does this provoke, like, another uh, recall knowledge check? Or? This is more new information, so you can recall another knowledge check. I may as well have another go, too. Why not? What are we calling this? The Dirty 20 uh, with the 16 and the 4? Four. <laughs> so, Orville... They're plants. That's all you know. Casper, though, you know there's not any plants locally that would give a screaming sound, but you do know it isn't uncommon for, say, leshies to live in mold and mushroom-infested areas. Oh, no, dang old day. Is that a leshy living in there? Maybe there's a seed in there. Oh, crackles. Hey, hey, uh, oh, Orville, why don't, you, uh, why don't you stand over there at the edge there and let, let's see if there's a leshy. Why don't you try your snake oil salesman pitch? Maybe you got some uh, uh, fertilizer or something. They're plant people, right? They dig that stuff. Talk, talk to plants. Why would I do that? I mean, just watch it burn. Enjoy the bonfire. I mean, come on. You're already slinging bullshit half the time. To get selling fertilizer can't be that much harder. Actually, now I think about it, maybe you should have scraped a sample to keep. I think you'll find none of what I say is bullshit from a certain perspective. There is a chance that all of my potions could make all of your dreams come true. You just gotta trust me. I'm sure I trust you, and it's a field ripe for growth and opportunity, but uh, anyway, just, just stand over there. Just call out, see if there's somebody in there. Cause, I mean, leshies, this might be a leshy thing, unless they've gone crazy and mutant like the rest of those gnolls down there. Yeah, Snake Man, go, go investigate. Let's see how this turns out. I'm not saying we won't set fire to it. I'm just saying maybe we call out and see if there's somebody in there first, you know, and maybe talk to them. Right, so, um... Orville's still standing quite a bit back away from, like, a perimeter around where there were plants and where it is burning. Just gonna shout, Hello there, plants! Um, if you would like me to use this incredibly rare water to put out the flames, just, just call out and ask and I'll get that sorted. All you hear in reply is the crackling of the fire. As I said, lads, it's just fire. What are you stressing about? All right, Omey, you, you're the one with the uh, ammunition over there. Uh, I say we, we find a pouch amongst us, we get a little tatter of cloth, we fill it up, we poke a little hole in it, uh, we take a grappling hook, chuck it out to the middle of there, atta- well, attach the, 
the, the pouch to the grappling hook, uh, attach a grappling hook to the rope, chuck it out in the middle of there, and then drag it back, dredge us a little, a little line of gunpowder and see if we can cut ourselves a path without stepping in. Makes sense? Um, from, from, from my perspective, does it look like the mold is all going to burn away eventually? Or do we need to use more gunpowder? It looks like the fire will spread, but it's spreading kind of slowly. But if you guys wait long enough, it will burn up the entire mold infested area. You just don't know if that's like an hour, two hours. You don't really know. Um, I, I think we have the time to wait for the mold to burn. Like hell we have time to wait. Remember, we got them shield wardens on our ass, and we have a deadline we have to meet. Let's just go on through it. I'll go first. Look, look, Muglin's out there, and th- this is a giant purple cloud of smoke causing massive screaming. Like, th- this is something you sent in extra guards for, so we, we need to either burn this quick or get out of here. Um, okay, I guess I take another ten rounds and hand it to Orville. Oh, we're doing this again, huh? Make me that crafting check. Alright, then. Ding. Let's go. That is a 23. That's a whole lot of gunpowder you just got. I feel like we could just throw it on the fire and it would cause a big enough, like, you know, explosion to spread the fire faster. Oh, it's your turn this time. Just throw it through the fire kind of thing. See if it yeah. spreads it across. Yeah, that's yeah, true. That, that sounds good. Okay. Uh, and I say, okay, Orwell, go ahead. No, please. Um, You're the munitions expert. Surely you should be the one going for this. I say, all right, all right. So then I take the pouch and I throw it. What should I roll for that? I guess unarmed attack. Okay. Uh, Let's see. There we go. Oh, that's a nat 20. (laughs) That works. He just doesn't miss. And I believe that's a bomber spell. That's your hat trick for the session right there, buddy. That's three now for attacks. It also uh, triple damage to dragons, so if there's any dragons in here, they take triple damage. But also double damage to all other creatures. Mold dragons. It's the legendary mold dragon. I mean, I assume I assume we're counting it as a bomb. Yeah, that would be a bomb. Okay, so yeah, I guess we're going to roll for damage. Yeah, roll for damage. Let's just see. Okay, crit, right? Yeah. Two damage. <laughs> <laughs> But of course. Hey, that would be that would be three damage to a mold dragon. No, 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 that would be six damage to a mold dragon. It's four damage to everything else. I mean, nothing's surviving that. Yep. So I'm guessing the blaze is going pretty good? Yep, blaze is going good. It's about maybe halfway, two-thirds gone through. It'll probably only be another, like, 20 minutes for it to just naturally engulf the rest. Well, that's another roll of the dice, or are we feeling patient? About to say, that's uh, that's more uh, healing time. Uh, perception check to see if we hear anything besides these otherworldly screams of burning fungus. Oh, the, the screams went on for like three minutes, and then it just went silent. Is it still exuding the purple, purple smoke and other uh, odd things? It is still the green smoke now. The purple smoke is all gone. We did it, guys. We saved saved the city. That purple mold, it was the big bad evil guy all along. That's the smell of victory. Yeah, it just, I don't know if anybody remembers that episode of Spongebob where Spongebob and Patrick are like, we saved the city and it's literally on fire. Yeah, that's accurate. If the otherworldly screams have subsided, can we make a perception check to hear uh, Loveless's goon squad chasing up behind us, possibly? Yeah, roll for it. That's going to be an 11 to my perception. Casper getting lucky in everything but combat at least this time with a 19 perception. Woo. That's okay. I only get lucky on uh, strikes. 
So it looks like Casper got the highest with a total of 25. You listen real closely, you can hear the crackling of the fire as it slowly spreads, and you don't hear anything. You don't hear shield marshals, you don't hear Loveless. It sounds like the shield marshals probably tried to get into the scrapyard, but couldn't. So they're trying to make their way to another location to cut you off. I write in the dirt in the junkyard, fuck you, Ambrose. Just curious, um, so I, I'm not sure how it, like, all, all panned out, but I'm guessing when we turned on the motor of the Harpy's Kiss, it basically pushed the whole boat up onto the lip of this wall we're looking at to the south here, and it's just kind of teetering there right now, or it's it's stable and it won't kind of revert to its old position? It's stable and it won't revert to its old position. It didn't, like, move the ship entirely, but it did lift it up enough that there's like a little passageway underneath it now. Okay, so it's like a, almost like a, a little tunnel. Yeah, yeah, created by the 90 degree angle. Okay, I got you. And oh, there's no way to put it back where it was to block our path back. Um, I'm guessing. I mean, if you want to go back, but the engine's on the eastern side. I sigh and I take out another 10 bullets and I hand it to Orville. <sighs> Let's do this again. Pouch is starting to look a little slim there, buddy. I literally have half my ammo now. You all laughed. Once again, try and take apart these bullets. That's a 16. 16's enough. Alright, and I guess I make an unarmed attack? Go for it. That's gonna be a 15. That's enough to throw it as far as you need it to go. And the fire quickly spreads, and now the fire is engulfing all the area. Alright. I just wanted to see what I'd get for damage. I rolled a 2. So now you have a path of fire in front of you. Like, like, the fire's gonna dissipate, though, once it runs out of mold, right? Maybe. Oh god, I didn't even think about that. Oh no, the chuck cat's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry about it, it's just smoldering on the ground. Now let's, uh, anybody got a shovel? Let's start piling some dirt and get us a nice little ash path going here. Do any of us have a shovel? No. Does, does this remind Tarion of the hell that he crawled out of? No, but it does remind Tarion, hey, fellers, now that I think about it, if we burned all this stuff and there's this huge cloud of smoke going up into the air, aren't we basically giving away our location? Well, the several loud bangs from the uh, explosives would also have probably given it away, but anyway, you still got that ice feature thing on that whip of yours, brother? Um, it really doesn't work on the physical world. It's more of a, uh, well, actually, I don't know. Maybe it could. Plants are technically alive, right? They can feel fear. Can plants feel fear? Now, that's just dang old too philosophical for me. I, I don't know why y'all are putting these thoughts in my head, man. Can't we, can't we just keep it simple here? I, I don't know what plants feel, but uh, I, I know we need to put out a fire off real quick here or get us an ash pass so we can get through it. Can Teron um, kind of like whirlwind his whip around and like smack up dirt to like carve a path through the fire with his uh, with his 10 feet of reach? That sounds really stupid, but I'll allow it. What do you want me to roll for it? Um, I'm going to say survival because you're carving a path through fire. This has been my only good roll today. You rolled a 17, which I'll, I'll let that be enough to make a path through the fire. Through the fire and the flames I carved myself out of hell. Alright, I guess if we're going through this path, Orville will follow along with them, making sure to keep his coat and all his nice clothes very far away from the flames or as far as he possibly can. 
Oh, you don't want some of my my dirt to get all over you? As he's just whipping his whip around and like carving a path and beating the flames back. Be careful with that. It's God, so uncivilized. GM, time-wise, are we coming up on another hour here or a uh, cooldown timer for uh, treat wounds? Uh, cooldown timer, you have about maybe 10 more minutes. Okay, thank you. As you guys are coming up, you see the narrow path through the scrap lead turn sharply west into an eight-foot-wide sewer pipe. The pipe's grate lies against a pile of fire-blackened bricks near the opening. And as you guys get within... 15, 20 feet, you see someone, something, come out of the pipe. It is another knoll, this time larger and more menacing. If it hasn't, if it hasn't immediately like become aggressive towards us, I want to try and hide behind my the cover of my allies. Oh no, it is. It sees you and it lets out a growl. Uh I don't reckon this one's friendly either. It cries out at you guys. Obviously, my pack has failed capturing you, but I will succeed where they failed. And that will take us into roll for initiative. She did say there was five. Can I yell out to him and be like, I feel like you could do that with a little more flair. Why don't you go in the pipe and try again? Look at you, Arcus, taking showmanship to heart. Uh, I got a 15, so maybe I'll go somewhere near first. Dang, everybody rolled low. All right, top of round one, we start off with Orville. That is good for me. Orville seeing something horribly aggressive climb out of pipe. He's just putting the bolt in his crossbow and going to get to work. That is a nat 20. That it is. For the um, critical hit, it's we have... Uh, spun around so the target is flat-footed until the end of its next turn. Okay. And the damage? Just six damage. And so after seeing the first shot go so swimmingly, he's just gonna reload his crossbow and take another shot. That is a 14. Which will hit because he's flat-footed from your crit. Nice. One damage there. And that, yeah, that's my entire go done. All right, up next is our guess. All right, so what I want to do is I'm going to shoot at him. Is he flat-footed for me? Flat-footed for everyone, yes. Nice. So that's an 18. Which will hit. Okay, I'll roll for damage. And that's two damage. Wow, I'm really just killing it. You're really just nicking away at him. I'm going to reload and fire again. I mean, might as well he's flat-footed. 17. That hits. All right, let's try again. That's going to be a whole three damage. All right, and uh, that's my turn. All right, Casper, you're up. First off, uh, for my brother, I just have to demand you drop your initiative to six so we have a a linear progression of our golf tournament of initiative here. I mean, a six isn't that much different than what I got. Just to get that linear progression, because we got one, two, three different, and then you'd be four different rather than two different. That's just my OCD. Um, I am going to first action stride up to the pack leader here because uh, I am also a pack leader. Let me let me uh, get in here. And uh, he's flat-footed, you say. So uh, even my punch should deliver a little surprise attack here. Uh, my second action. 14 with a bonus for 21 there on the dice. 
That'll hit. Um, seven damage going his way. Alrighty. Uh, Ray Shield, end of turn for me, thank you. Alright, now it's Miss Knoll's turn. She is incredibly pissed at all of you. She knows her pack failed. She sees the skeleton walk up to her, and she's going to immediately make a jaw attack at him. And that's going to be a 14 to hit Casper. Oh, shield's up. That's a, that's a little low at my 19 currently. Oh man, that pisses her off. So she's going to take her whip and she's going to attempt to trip Casper. With my reflex DC, we're looking for a 17 there. Ooh, rolled only a 15. This is where my good luck is really coming in here. She is just pissed. Teron, it is your turn. Sorry, does she lose flat-footed or is she still uh, uh, for the rest of combat? It was until the end of Orville's next turn. Sorry. I think it was the end of her next turn, actually. I'll just check for you. Was it the end of her next turn? I think so. Yes, till the end of its next turn. Alright, no longer flat-footed. No. Alright, uh, Terran is gonna go ahead and exploit vulnerability on our null friend here. Uh, so he's just gonna squint real hard and see if he can find a relative weak point or maybe pick up on a weakness or something. And just keeping with the theme, uh, Teron doesn't know shit, so he's gonna say, eh, screw it, and just turn the knob on his whip, and he's gonna flow that cold, uh, gas through his whip and head straight on in. So he's gonna go ahead and step up to the knoll here, set up for, uh, flanking there next turn, and he's gonna use his last action here to hit it with his whip. Sixteen will hit! So Teron brings his whip around and uh, flicks it at the knoll for 11 points of damage with three cold. I'm sorry, three of that 11 being cold. Okay. Orville, top around two. All right. Orville's still pleased with himself uh, for the first few good shots. He's going to once again reload his crossbow and try and finally finish off this beast. That is a 20. Dirty 20. That will hit. That is two damage. That is damage. And he will then reload his crossbow. Still very smug about having hit all the shots so far. Alright, next up is Arcus. Alright, Arcus, not wanting to be outdone, also uh, reloads and fires his uh, gun. And that's going to be a 21. 21 hits. Alright, and that's going to be nine damage. I think I've killed everything today. That is a dead knoll. Oh, actually, did I kill the ghost? I did kill the ghost, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I've literally killed everything today. It's been a pretty traumatic day behind the trigger for you, buddy. I have I have definitely uh, sent a lot of things to heaven. Or hell. Did you see that, chaps? What a beatdown. All of us in fine form. Old Deadeye over there keeping Phrasma's boneyard full. Uh, well, there's only going to be worse things in the sewer. Everybody ready? You feeling better yet, brother? We want to try another strap on your old marrow there? Should probably top off before we head in there. Hell only knows what we'll encounter. And as you guys just patch up, you can do your all your medicine checks now. As you guys just kind of search the body of this knoll to see what they have, you find a very crudely drawn map of what looks to be the sewer system. 
Brother, I, I, I don't know, but uh, all the super glue in the world isn't going to keep all your marrow in right now, man. We just need to sleep. Uh, but we got to get back to the, the bullet and barrel. Yeah, yeah, we got to get back there real quick. Yeah, let's go ahead and make our way, because uh, I need a drink. But it seems we have a here map of the sewers. It is a map of the sewers, right? Yes, it's a map of the sewers. Oh, thank God. All right, then. Let's head on through. As you follow the map, it takes you a lot of twists and turns, and part of the map clearly shows where the town is, because it's labeled TWN, and you can assume that's Knoll for town. And about midway through the sewer, you hear a familiar voice echoing through a street drain just above. It's Deputy Loveless giving orders to a subordinate shield marshal. Although, you can only hear Loveless's side of the conversation. You're so useless! At this point, finding them is going to be impossible! They've lightly gotten back to their hideout by now. Ugh. Did you contact Forge that evidence we needed to arrest Gattleby? A week? Tell them they have five days. Hurry it up. Meanwhile, raid the usual paces in Hellside and Smokeside. If you find the thieves, kill them. They were trying to kill you after all. Got it? You had no choice. Let your squad know that anyone who makes the killing shot gets a nice, fat purse from Mugland as thank you. Now get out of here before I shoot you myself. The deputy swears under her breath before the sounds of her footsteps echo away from the sewer drain. A horse whinnies, then trots away. Always such a delight, isn't she? After that, it is smooth sailing to a sewer pipe right behind the Barrel and Bullet Saloon. Hmm, I'm not liking this whole turn of events, considering they're all scouring all over town looking for us. Keep your eyes peeled. I think even now that we're here, we're not out of the woods. I think the thing to remember, too, though, is they don't know what we look like. That is true. You used hats of disguise for the robbery. Oh, uh, just curious though, Loveland got a look at old brother when the tower was coming down and she took her shot, or not really at the, that distance, he was just a silhouette, or Loveless, sorry. Uh, Loveless saw a human figure with skin on. The hats hadn't expired by that time yet. Ooh, all right, just had to make sure. I just love that there might be wanted posters posted up of a granny and her grandchild uh, somewhere in town. I just think that's hilarious. Runs under the alias Buppy. Progressively, as the campaign keeps going on, a granny named Buppy just gets more and more infamous. Buppy is very deadly. Do not approach Buppy. Kill on sight. And you guys make it up to the stairs of the Bullet and Barrel Saloon. Well, fellers, let's just drop off what we have and get ourselves a nice drink. But remember what I said. Keep your eyes peeled. Before we go in here. You're all, uh, I, I don't know how long y'all been in the criminal world, but uh, this is the most dangerous part right here. We got the valuables and we're with our boss, who's uh, uh, an unscrupulous individual with nothing but our worst interests at heart. So uh, things could go bad here. Uh, brother, you feeling okay? Can I can I try and bandage you again? Uh, has enough time passed? Yeah. Yeah, sure, go for it. Watch this be another four. Hey, first heal of the day. <laughs> Does that bring you up to full, I hope? 14, that's a pretty good roll for that uh, 2d8. My bones have never looked better. All right, as you enter the Barrel and Bullet Saloon, Phoebe is tending the bar and greets you casually, as she would any other customer. 
before suddenly signaling for them to follow her. And she's going to lead you to the north end of the bar into a private room. Can I uh, do a perception check to sense motive on any uh, sus-looking patrons in here or anybody who are giving us the hard eye? Yeah, go for it. Ooh, a 15 plus 6 for a 21, maybe. And I feel like I gave you bad luck because I felt like I clicked on your die there right as I tried to roll mine. You don't notice anyone particularly looking at you more so than usual. You are a skeleton, so you do happen to get more stares than the average person. But it's nothing out of the ordinary. Phoebe's going to smile at you all and say, So, I assume the job went well? You have the box? Of course we do. Why would you ever doubt us? She just raises an eyebrow at that. So, hand me the box and tell me how the job went. Clean. No uh, no casualties in the bank. Manager was intact when we left. She was dealing with some upset customers. But uh, uh, everything went smooth, I think. We didn't take the costumes off till we got to the junkyard. Uh, junkyard was a little bit of a mess, but hey, what junkyard isn't, hey? And uh, Teron is going to take out the bag of holding and uh, open it up and kind of just drop the big chest out on the floor as quietly as possible. Phoebe's going to immediately start working on picking the lock as she's listening to your story. The only worst part about this job is that Loveless is all over town with her croonies trying to find out who stole everything. She's on a warpath. Said old Muglin's put out a personal bounty for anybody who manages to kill us fancy that, so uh, let's not go talking about this being a great old success anytime soon, right? Yeah. Yeah, I reckon they won't find you so long as you didn't say nothing about me or the saloon. Nah, we kept our mouth shut most of the time. And with that, you hear a nice little click as the lock pops open and she opens the crate and it's just filled with gold coins, silver coins, all of it. She smiles and says, beautiful. She hands each of you 25 gold pieces and says, here's your cut. And keep the bag of holding while you're at it. But I do want my hats back. Although, I will sell them to you for 15 gold if you want to keep them. It does kind of seem tempting to keep the the gold, or to the, keep the hats. Could I maybe haggle you down to 10? Sorry, 15's already cutting it in half. You drive a hard bargain. What do we think, lads? I'll tell you what, I'll go ahead and take my hat for the 15 gold. You include a nice drink on top of that for a job well done. She smiles and immediately starts to pour five glasses of whiskey to hand out to all of you, and one for herself. Yeah, I hand her the gold to get my uh, hat as well. Okay. I'll hand back the hat. I mean, I'm a man of business. I have to get my face out there, you know? Advertise. Fair enough. She takes the hat back from you. What about you, Casper? Do you want the hat, or do you want the gold? Oh, I'll happily pay you for the hat. Um, and uh, if I must say, it's been a pleasure doing business, but I, I, my, I must decline the drink, brother, if you want to finish that up real quick. Uh, we'll be on the road. It's been a pleasure working for you, and uh, do keep us in mind for any future endeavors you might be uh, consider undertaking. We'll always be happy to work with you again. Uh, but yeah, yeah, let's get out of here. This is it. We need to go, go, go. Hungry for more, eh? Well, now that I know you can work together and produce results, I have just the job in mind. We can start in four days, or sooner if you're able to. I have nothing on my plate. What do you say, boys? Does sooner mean better opportunity-wise? Is this a, say, uh, ripening fruit of a job? She just grins. She swirls the dregs of her whiskey in her glass. 
she downs the drink in one motion and then stands. Unholstering her shotgun in one fluid motion, she sets the firearm on the table counter. Well now, she says in a low voice, I suddenly have a lot of dirt on each of you, don't I? Armed robbery? Obstruction of justice? Evading the law? Quite a raps sheet. She leans against the bar and stretches casually. Well, I guess this means I should tell you something about me. I'm not just a saloon owner, for starters. She removes her holster and sets it on the bar next to her shotgun. In fact, I work for a very powerful person. Someone you're no doubt familiar with. She puts one hand in her vest, palms something, and extends her closed hand. It's a small signet ring that exhibits the distinctive symbol of the Grand Duchy of Alkenstar. Does Grand Duchess Trieta Ricia ring a bell? Yeah, I thought so. Phoebe can hardly contain her smirk, enthralled with her own theatrics. What this means is... She sighs, drawing out the words. Since you work for me, you actually work for the Grand Duchess. She laughs, her cool facade finally cracking, then slips the ring back into her pocket. What, surprised? Trust me, it's good to have friends in high places. Besides, now that we're all formally acquainted, it's about time the real fun began, don't you think? I'll tell you what, you got two on us, and I guess we ain't getting out of the city without your consent now, either. Um, I'd actually like to point out, they're not looking for any of us right now. They're looking for a bunch of people who don't look anything like us. Yes, but you have to remember, she can vouch, and she can use her status to give them information on who actually robbed them. And he slams his hand on the desk. She did get us good. And he leans back in his chair. However, this, does, this has taken a quite the interesting development. I'll bet you're even going to drop a bombshell on us like the court wizard is watching us all right now, hanging up in the atmosphere in some like ghostly astral form, right? She just freely laughs. Nothing like that. Is this going to get me any closer to putting a bullet into Ambrose's skull? Oh, you have no idea. I put down my drink and I say, well, I guess I'm in then. I do have a question, though. What does the Grand Duchy want with a couple of ragtag idiots robbing a bank run by some underlord? The bank was just to make sure you all could work together. The real job is Gattleby. Gattleby? Surely you heard of the Pyronite incident? Pyronite, now that is a fascinating substance. I'd love to get my hands on a bit myself. You and every other alchemist in the city Everyone wants the Pyronite formula, and Gattleby's the only one with it, hiding away. It is our job to escort him back to the Grand Duchess, safely, so we can conceal that formula so it doesn't get into the hands of Muglin. He wants to sell it to both nations nearby, Geb and Nex, wanting to start a terrible war, just for profit. The Grand Duchess wants to stop that from happening at any means necessary, including the life of Muglin, Ambrose. Well, I'm sure you want to go ahead and proclaim that you're doing this for some grandiose better cause like saving lives, preventive war. Let's be honest, we all know that the Grand Duchy just wants to monopolize the formula and make money off of it. At the end of the day, though, it don't make much difference to me. As long as we get to end that pathetic man's life and I get my gold. 
Sure. Let's go ahead and get this over with. What better advert could there be for my, my potions and formulas than a job as daring as this? I'm in. You got me by the ankle bones. As I've already said, you know, you know what my end goal is, and if it gets me closer, then I'm down. I'm glad we're all on the same page. We gotta get to Gattleby and get him to the Duchy's Court or uh, some kind of safe house nearby. She's gonna pace around the Barrel and Bullet's back room as she talks. She's animated and enthusiastic, clearly firing on all cylinders and still reveling in the success of the Gold Tank Reserve heist. For this next job, she says, the Duchess has asked us to secure some very precious cargo. She slides a broadsheet across the table, a poster advertising Vachon Gattleby's Pyrene Exhibition at Blythere College. The poster includes a woodprint of a harried man in his 50s, presumably Gattleby, and some hyperbolic copy promoting the once-in-a-lifetime explosive showcase. Gattleby's invention has gotten him a lot of admirers recently. Everyone in Alconstar wants a piece of the man. Thankfully for us, Gattleby's turned down everyone who's offered to hire him or buy the Pyronite formula from him. He's been able to hold off his prospectors from the safety of his home so far, but he can't hold down that puny brick-and-mortar fortress forever. Fortunately, the Grand Duchess and I have managed to convince Gattleby he'd be better off here, in the saloon's workshop, where no one will know his location. He's game, and now we just need to get him from point A to point B. That's where you come in. We need you to meet Gattleby at his home on the other side of the city and bring him back to the barrel and bullet. Once he's here, I can keep him safe. Simple enough job, right? Go get Gattleby, bring him back here. I'm paying you 50 gold apiece to bring him back in one piece. Phoebe's gonna pinch the bridge of her nose like she's just remembered something unpleasant. Oh yeah, as part of our arrangement, Gattleby made us promise that he'd be able to make a stop along the way here. Near Ironside Quarter at some abandoned brewery, I think. Got me why, but that's the deal. Stop at a place called Yeast of All Brewery once you've got Gattleby. Besides, it might be a good place to lay low if you need to catch your breath. Anyway, we don't have much time to get this done. Mugland and Loveless are likely to make a grab for Gattleby soon. Mugland's been moving money around and paying off some shady folk. By my estimations, we have about four days to get Gattleby before our cargo is compromised. Be ready for Mugland's mercenaries, Loveless's street gangs, or anyone else under our rival's thumbs. Phoebe pulls up a rolled up map of Alkenstar from the nearby shelf and unfurls it across the table. You should scout your route before you pick up Gattleby, just to make sure it's safe. She then re removes her camo brooch and sets it on top of the map. Show this to Gattleby so he knows you're working for me. Uh, Teron is going to pick up the brooch and add it to his, uh, his uh, inventory and his collection, and he's going to ask her, Now, if we're going to be taking this high-profile man around, and especially making a, sh uh, a stop with him along the way, can we have one of those hats back and put it on him, make sure he's all nice and disguised? She thinks for a moment and says, You know, that's actually a good idea. Yes, I will give you a hat for Gattleby. But, again, I expect this to be returned once he's once the mission's over. Deal's a deal. I had another thought. You said you, you said you got the ear of the Grand Duchess. Does that mean you can get things moved through in, say, the, the Royal Court or with the Civil's office? I have my means. What, what are you thinking about? What I'm thinking about, uh, maybe not the safest thing is to take him in these uh, low alleyways with these street gangs and whatnot. 
what do you think we can maybe uh, pay off some street vendors, subsidize some food contracts, and set up like a, a festival or fair in the next couple days to, to give us some cover on a route that can get them here? I'm afraid that no can do. Setting up a festival takes at least a week for the paperwork to file alone. And by then, who knows what Muglin would do with Gattleby. Looks like the escape routes and the hat's the best bet then. All right, well, one idea down. But you you maybe could move something like that in the future with enough notice? Yes, with enough notice we could. Good to know, good to know. That's a good thought, Casper, but we should probably get to work. Secure this route and see if we can find any other side roads along the way. Maybe take a look at the people as well. Yeah, get down to the brewery, see if we can find any street folk who've been keeping an eye out, see if uh, anybody knows who uh, Muglin's been talking to, maybe even get an advance drop on them, or give them something else to think about before we even make our move. Anyway, that's planning not for here. Uh, good to know you. Uh, what, you, you a colonel? You a general? What, what's your rank there with the duchy? Don't worry about my rank. Oh, you know I'm going to be spending nights up thinking about it, but at least it ain't going to cost me any winks. You should scout your route between Steenhaven and Ferris Quarter before you pick up the cargo. There's no good sewer access between here and there, so you will have to bring him overland, through the city. You'll run into trouble, no doubt about it, goons hired by Muglin for sure, but you should be able to catch your breath at Yeast of All Brewery in Ironside Quarter before completing the final leg of the trip. So we can we have day, a couple days to scout ahead? You have four days. Okay. So I guess I would like to, with my hat, like, disguise myself. Like, give myself, like, big beard and mustache. Maybe some, like, dark glasses or something. A big hat. And just, like, scout out the route that she's talking about. Maybe not walk the actual route, but, like, you know, go down streets that run parallel. And, happen to, and then maybe a couple that cross it. Make sure I understand, like exactly how the route's going to go, any problems we might run into. All right, now this is a new mechanic written into this book. It is a new downtime activity. Scout a route. You spend half a day scouting a route from from Vachon Gattleby's house to the Barrel and Bullet Saloon. You roll a athletics, perception, society, or survival check. Depending on your level of success, you will gain preparation points. At the end of your downtime, I will total the preparation points earned by the characters, and you will get a certain amount of information depending how many points you have. Okay, so I'll roll perception to scout out a route. Alright, and you have four days, so you can make a total of eight checks if you want to spend every single day scouting. Alright, well, that the first one didn't go so well, so I'm going to go make another check and see. So that would be one day's worth, right? It's one half day. Yeah, so like, yeah, but doing a second one, that means I've, I've used up a day, right? Correct. Okay. I think we can all make the consensus that we're going to spend at least a day doing this. So two rolls apiece. Yeah, I didn't do so well. I got a 10 and 11. So the first day did not go well for me. I don't know. I think Orville will trust you lot are smart enough to set out the route. And um, he's going to be trying to really maximize what he can get out of this um, alchemy. Try and make as much stuff as he possibly can. Teron is going to leave the route scouting to Casper and Arcus, and he wants to spend the first day scouting out uh, Loveless's gangs, and I, I forget what the other enemy entity was. Ambrose Mugland. Can he use the first half of the day to see if he can find out the strengths and weaknesses of the gangs, and then the other half of um, Mugland's forces 
like his uh, enforcers, if you would. So you will be able to scout out Loveless and her shield marshals, but you will not be able to scout out who Mugland hired because you don't know who he hired. Uh, okay, then in that case, can I use half a day to investigate the gangs and then the other half of the day to investigate and scout out the activity around uh, our target's like house and stuff like that, which I believe is in Steamhaven? Yes. Uh, so specifically seeing who is within the vicinity of the house, like does anybody suspicious pass by, you know, what is the activity like, etc. And if I find anybody, maybe try to see some attributes about them. Okay. Uh, so I will roll for the gang. Is it alright if I use, um, esoteric lore for that? Yeah, that's fine. Alright, and then... Casper, you rolled a full day's worth of investigation, so you have two successes. Just hoofing it with those old heel bones uh, with a 17 and a 19 on the athletics with the bonus there. Uh, I am guessing Teron does not learn anything throughout his entire days of work. Yeah, an 11 and a 9. Those are both going to be failures. Arcus, I see you rolled another perception check. Is that going to be your first check for day two? Yep, and that's an 18. That will be a success, so that is another preparation point for you. Okay, so I have one right now, right? It's the group's total. Okay. All right, so I guess I could just keep scouting out the route, right? That yeah. would be Okay. So I guess I'll roll again for day two. Oh, that's a 27. That will be a critical success, so you get two preparation points. All right, nice. What is everyone else doing for day two? Um... Well, there were two things I wanted to ask about. Um, first was um, Orville's going to be selling off that jewelry and coins he found at that camp. So can I just do that? It says it's worth 20 gold pieces. Yeah, you can do that. All right. And then the other thing, just a few things to check with how crafting works. How long would it take me to create a formula for the um, two things I've found? So creating a formula takes only an hour. Alright, so I may as well have a go at both of them in the first day. Yeah. And how long does it take me to actually craft stuff, do you know? It's four days minimum for crafting. So I could create basically one batch of something during this amount? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I may as well. Yeah, it might be worth making some... Probably juggernaut mutagen, because then I can hand that out to everyone and that's fairly... Or uh, necrotic bombs are more useful. Anyway, so, um, yeah, can I roll to see if I can find a formula for these things first? Yeah, roll for the formula to see if you can learn them. Okay, so is that just crafting? Yeah, crafting. Okay, so first one's for the Eagle Eye Elixir, and the second one will be, ooh, that's poor, for the Lesser Leapers Elixir. That is a 9 and a 24. So you do learn the Lesser Leapers Elixir. Okay, good. And then, Casper, I see you did two more scouting the route with one success and one critical success. Very lucky with that athletics bonus there for a 21 and a 27 on the crit. And then, Taron, you got two successes for your scouting, correct? Uh, yeah, so this is scouting the path. I got uh, two successes. That is scouting the path? Yes, uh, with Taron's... Uh, lack of information gathering on the first day he decides to just help out with the crew 
uh, scouting out the path and going over strategic advantages and everything. Okay. And, um, yeah, can I spend half the four days? Shall I just roll crafting for the Juggernaut Mutagens now? Yeah, I think it's just one roll for your entire batch. Let's hope this goes well. That's 17. For a lesser Juggernaut Mutagen, that is enough to do your batch. So that'll be three because it's my signature. Yes. Nice. So that is the end of day two. Orville has done his stuff for the entire four days. So you guys still have two more days and you have 10 preparation points right now. So you can either continue scouting the route or you can do other things in these two days. I guess I'm going to keep scouting the route. So I'm going to roll another perception check. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't think, did we review yet what we can do with the preparation points? I'll give you a list of information at the end of the four days. Well, I roll on that one. Well, there is no critical failure, so you don't lose any preparation points. Oh, that's good. I just look at my nat ones out of the way now. Uh, I'm going to do another one for that day. That's an 18. That is a success. You have 11 preparation points, and I will tell you it caps out at 12. Wait, the preparation points ca- cap out at 12? Yes. Oh, so anything we do now, like, or after one more, that's it, right? Correct. So this would be day uh, three. Casper fails his first check on athletics with a 10, I think. Yeah, that's a failure. Well, this is where the luck's starting to kick in. A two for a nine, I think. Oh, gosh, yeah, uh, for my second. So that's day three kind of burn for him as he, I guess, walks the same path twice and does not find anything. Taron, what are you doing day three? Uh, Taron is going to go back and try to investigate the gangs as well as the movement around Steve Haven again since uh, he didn't really see a lot of activity when he went the first time. Okay. And that is a 16 to investigate uh, Loveless's gangs and that is a 23 to basically sentry outside Steam Haven and investigate. Alright, so Loveless's shield marshals are all human so they don't have any weaknesses or resistances. As for scouting out around Shieldhaven, you don't see anything. Gattleby's house looks like it's barricaded. You don't get in the yard. You don't get too close. You don't go to the door or anything. So you can't see much, but it looks very quiet and peaceful. Although you do notice some prospectors go up and get to the gate before grabbing the gate and seemingly getting, like, shocked as if someone released a thunderstone on them, and they quickly run away after that. Interesting. So the gate seems to be electrified somehow, and um, at the end of the day, he's going to meet up with everybody and pass on some of the information he figured out. Great, and then you have one more day to do whatever you'd like. So we still need one more point. One more point to cap out. What, 13 with a plus 7 for a dirty 20. A dirty 20 will cap you out with 12 preparation points. I guess next I would like to um, gather information along the route to see if anybody has heard about um, any of these gangs or what they might be carrying or what their typical tactics are uh, from some maybe passerby uh, uh, street people in the area. So that's hard to do because you don't know which gang specifically Mugland hired. You would only be able to gather information about Loveless's shield marshals. Could I gather information about uh, possible Mugland sightings in the area? Yeah, you can try that. I'll take a perception or a society. Well, 
don't think gosh for perception, but uh, uh, eight for a 14 with my bonus? Mm. Yeah, that's that's not going to be enough. You, you have heard Mugland spotted here maybe once or twice, but you don't know who he was meeting with or where exactly it was. All right, that's it for day four for Casper. All right. And then I'm going to tell you the list of information you all have learned while studying the route. Gattleby's house sits away from the road amid an overgrown yard full of sedum, sticky, bushy flowers. A small shed sits in front of the house facing away from the road. The property is enclosed in a chicken wire fence. And you know the sedum is a unique poisonous variety. Continuing on. The yeast of all brewery, where you're making your stopping point, looks like it's been out of business for a while. All the windows are boarded up from inside, and the doors are locked. Next, the best place to cross the Ustradi is an old stone bridge that many locals call Bottleneck Bridge. Vendors set up tents and wheel in carts to trade here during the day. At night, the shield marshals set up checkpoints on the bridge to reduce smuggling so it'd probably be best to cross over through the day so you can blend in with the vendor crowd. Near one of the unrented stalls at Bottleneck Bridge are some cigar butts with gunpowders on the mouthpiece. You know you can probably expect an ambush here. Some nearby shops are undergoing renovations and would be perfect hiding spots for an ambush. An anonymous tip to the shield marshals should get those sites shut down for investigation. Maybe if you wanted to do that. And then the last bit of information is back alleys and side streets provide many alternative routes. When we were talking to uh, uh, our dear uh, new uh, best friend, uh, 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 in quotes, um, did she mention that we were going to be breaking into the brewery or there was a contact we were going to be meeting there or we had a key? She doesn't know. She just knows Gattleby said he has to stop at the Yeast of All Brewery before he comes to the Bullet and Barrel Saloon. So you don't know if you're breaking in, you don't know if Gattleby has a key, you don't know if Gattleby's meeting someone there, you just know Gattleby has to stop there. Uh, can Teron use his last day of preparation to investigate the brewery? Maybe, maybe find out some rumors or why the hell he wants to stop by here so bad? That's all the information you can gather. Uh, okay to pass off that tip to the shield marshals um, about what was going on, that would probably help because I, I don't know, the bridge feels like a good spot if we have the hat to get them past the ambush points. Yeah, from what it sounds like, the bridge is probably the best way to avoid ambushes because they'll be all over. Well, no, the, we, we found the, the cigarette butts and the gunpowder uh, at the edges of the bridge, right, Jim? Uh, yes. Okay, so the bridge is the worst spot to take them. Well, it's the obvious spot for an ambush because it's bottleneck bridge. But uh, at the same time, if we have the hat for him, uh, we might be able to get him past the first ambush or possibly the second. Was it the, it was on the north side of the bridge or on both sides? It was on the far end side, the north side. It is this bridge over this tiny lake that you are crossing. Well, not tiny, it's, it's a very large lake. The lake is Ustradi. So you go from the Northwest Steamhaven, stop by Ironside Quarter, go over to the north end of the Ustradi Lake, cross the bridge to the south side where you found the cigar butts, and that'll take you to the Bullet and Barrel Saloon in the Ferris Quarter. And that is your mission. 
we not just go around south down this way? This side of the lake, instead of crossing the bridge, because that seems like a bottleneck. Yeah, I was about to say, we could just go southwest. Did we see anything along our investigations that would say, like, this is a terrible idea? Well, I think it was more the opposite suggestion, right? The side alleys and anything like that are a better bet, so anything where it's like a long thoroughfare is probably not a great place to be out. So, the issue with going south side is you will run into a whole bunch of shield marshals casing the town. So if you're bringing Gattleby that far, and also that's a farther route than just going over the bridge. Yeah, but sometimes the quickest path isn't always the best. Could we rent a boat and just like row across the lake? Well, so this, the other thing is like, okay, so they're expecting an ambush. So they're probably going to have a lookout at the north side um, and then a different, uh, the lookout's going to relay the information to the south side. Um, so they're probably going to be tracking us as soon as we leave uh, Gattleby's house, right? Um, the the yeast brewery, that's a that's a bad thing. We're going to be out in the street for a minute. We don't know how long that's going to take. Um, that's, that's probably really bad. But if we get him to the here, we change his disguise before we get to the bottom of the bridge. Um, they've only got us to go off of, and uh, maybe they won't even know it was us. Me and Alex still have our hats, too. Yeah, but not everybody else. Yeah, but I mean, it makes it less conspicuous. I can roll to disguise with deception, right? Uh, you would need, like, a disguise kit. Uh, am, I, am I able to go out and buy that in addition to the downtime, or I've already yeah. spent that time? Okay. I clean my gun if I didn't say that already before we get started. What about the sewer system? I guess we can't escort someone through the sewers, though. They won't like that. There's no direct sewer route. Oh, yeah. Um, what about the east? The east from Smokeside and going south? That is going to be filled with shield marshals. It would be almost impossible to get Gattleby through that. The reason why the Ustradi Bridge is the best is because they have the vendors set up during the daytime. So there are no shield marshals there. Wait, the Ustradi Bridge or the Smokeside Bridge? The, this is the Estrati Bridge in Smokeside. The lake oh. is the Ustrati Lake. Oh, okay. I just saw the Estrati Heights. Yeah, I know. That's why That's why I got confused the first time. <laughs> yeah, I think I just... Uh, if, we're, if we're maximized on points, then I would just clean my gun, uh, check my rounds. Everything looks good. So, yeah. Just as a thought, so the bridge is covered in merchants, right? Yes, the bridge will be covered in merchants. And presumably, like, crowds buying stuff. Is there, is there anything that would close the bridge suddenly or any way we could cause the crowd to, say, push south um, to get away from the north side of the bridge? Maybe, like, start a fire or something? Well, the, the vendors set up all along the bridge and this southern portion of the bridge leading into the Ferris Quarter. Yeah, let, let's just strap bombs to the bridge and then we get across it, blow it up in case the shield mar- marshals well, call us. Not, not bombs necessarily. Maybe like, uh, I mean, if there's a food vendor out there, have we? do we have time to walk the bridge? Are there food vendors? Are there like, can we start a grease fire maybe or something? Yes, you have already walked the bridge. There are food vendors. There are trading vendors. There's, it's pretty much any vendor you can think of. It's a huge trading market. Guys, I've got an incredible idea. If I make enough frost bombs, we can ice our way across this lake. Better yet, we can pay people to ice skate on the lake. <laughs> it's genius. I could see no flaws. I was gonna say we could disguise ourselves as merchants and we could just put the dude in like a cart and we could just cart him across the bridge. We could like prepare a closed merchant cart and then open it up and then like, yeah. 
The only issue with that is if you do get ambushed with him in the cart, what do you do then? Push it farther. Are there, there's clothing vendors on the bridge too though, right? Like uh, we could possibly do a full costume change on the bridge from one end to the other. Well, me, Alec and him all have hats of disguise for sure. So just, it would just be you and Orville. Orville surely has many outfits for many occasions. He's a man of the world. Just as an off thing, I am betting we are going to have to change disguise more than once um, if we want this to go off with the least amount of violence, just because the the, the whole stop at the brewery here, that, that feels like we are going to get uh, ambushed or attacked right there. Yeah, I agree. That's why I'm saying maybe we don't need to disguise him till we get to one end of the bridge and then we disguise him midway on the bridge so the, we know the ambush is already going to be set up at the south point. So, you know, that's when we do our full costume change. So they're looking for somebody else entirely. They know we came out of the bridge looking one way. Yeah, I think we should, we should, when we get him, we disguise him once, take him to the brewery, redo his disguise once he's done with his business there. Then we go to the bridge. That way nobody sees us leave with him and it's a different person every time we leave somewhere. I have an idea. So we have three hats of disguise. I'm fairly small. Is there any way for me to, is there any way I could like, okay, this is kind of off the wall. Could I hide in Alex's rib cage? That's amazing. On the way out. Like someone disguises, someone wears a disguise. We get in there. Basically, I hide in Alex's ribcage, so like there's four of us going in, then there's four of us go out, and we just put the disguise on him, so it looks he looks like very similar to the per- person. I don't know how tall he is either, what race he is. I'm six feet tall. How tall are you? No, 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 no. The guy we're, we're escorting. Because I'm guessing the hat of disguise doesn't change height, right? No, it does not change height, and he's human. What if we bought a- okay, if, would a disguise kit come with stilts or something so I could, like, disguise myself as, like, a human of his same height? No, it doesn't. Dang. I, I, I was really, like, this plan was all coming together. Like, basically, four people go in, four people go out, but there's actually five of us. And also, could I hide Alex's ribcage for future reference? No, you cannot hide in a ribcage. You are not that small. Dang it. I was also gonna say, if we are gonna be doing a lot of lying here, do you reckon it'd be worth preparing some silver tongue mutagens? Because that'll just add to deception, diplomacy, intimidation, and performance. Uh, that would help me, but I don't think it would help anybody else. Wait, we have a bag of holding. Can't I spend, like, I don't know how long it is in Pathfinder. Can I spend 10, isn't it like 10 minutes in the bag of holding before I die of suffocation? I thought we returned it. No, no, no she, she left with it. us. <laughs> I could literally just hide in the bag of holding if we could figure out a way to, um... I would have to look into the math to see about that, because I don't know what the rules are for Pathfinder with that. Have, like, a, um, a straw going out of it so you can breathe. <laughs> yeah, could I, so what I would want to do is basically wear stilts, a long cloak, and then use the hat of disguise to basically, like, patch up the disguise so I look like just, like, a, a gentleman in, like, a top hat, like, dark glasses, you know, like, basically there's no features that are, like, really well seen. Put the hat of disguise on him, make him look very similar to the gentleman I was disguised as. I'll get in the bag of holding. So it looks like we go in his house, we go out, there's like, it just seems like we like just went for a visit. I feel like with stilts you would always be flat-footed. Well, the stilts would only be on, we would basically just like before we got there, I'd put the stilts on, get into his house, and then I'd take them off. It would be like a five minute ordeal. 
I don't think we need to murder this with spices. I, th I think we got a basic plan here. We did all the scouting we possibly could. We got all the info we possibly could. I say, we pick him up. We get him down to the tavern before we even worry about disguises. See what he's got going on. We don't even know what he he what he's even going to do there when we get there. Once we get out of there, we worry about our costume change. Maybe there's like a restaurant or a bar or something along this route we can dip into. Um, do a quick costume change, get to the bridge, do our hat change on the bridge uh, before we get to the south side and then get out. Just in case they're, you know, looking for a group of five people moving suspiciously or something like that. Yeah, I'm just trying to minimize the risk of someone following us from his house. Because I think that's when we would be spotted and followed. So if we could... If we could make it seem like he didn't even leave his house, that would be... Well, now, I'll, I'll try to cover our tracks. I'm, I'm not saying I'm the best at it, but it is going to be what I'm trying to do as we're leaving. Or just put him in the bag of holding. Shoot, I mean... He will not fit in the bag of holding. He is okay. too large to be able to fit through the tiny opening. Okay. I say let's just put the disguise on him. We'll roll with it. We'll adapt as we need. All right. So I'm guessing everybody is done, and I... I mean, Taron's just going to go to the meeting spot and start the operation when everybody's ready. I'm just getting my daily crafting figured out. Okay. So if you all have your preparations done and are ready to start the heist, you can level up to level two. Oh, thank God. <laughs> oh, it's glorious. So what's everyone's plan for level two? Oh man, level two, let me see. Oh, that is 26 hit points. That is beautiful. Whew. A sixth, a sixth three agent. Oh, I'm in heaven. Oh, and more formulas. And we are using the free archetype rules. Yeah, I was going to ask everyone about this. I was thinking, do you reckon I stick with the, um, getting a little rattlesnake kind of thing and go familiar master? Or do you reckon I go for the captivator uh, archetype? Which is lying and using illusions and charms and stuff. Familiars are usually awful in every capacity. It gives me another reagent and can craft for me on the fly. Just personally, I'm a big fan of you being able to lie to anybody you meet in the whole snake oil salesman gig. I'm, I'm digging <laughs> it, you know. I may not sound outright like it as a character, but, you know, I, I support you 100%. Oh, no, it's, it's the thing of, I'm not sure, because the snake, the whole having a rattlesnake is just a really, really on-the-nose joke, and I love it. But the whole Captivator thing sounds like it'll play so heavily into what I do. And it's, yeah, apparently evil Captivators manipulate others to achieve status, wealth, and power. And that sounds exactly what I'm looking to do. I like it. I think it's more thematic with everything we've done so far. Yeah. Plus it'll mean it'll be a little bit spicier a class. I'll have a bit of magic going on. Uh, my plan right now is to go uh, Godless Healing. Oh, and yeah. also a munitions crafter, so I get that that um, alchemical crafting, and I can give you the reagents from it unless I need them for ammunition. Oh yes, that'd be absolutely amazing because reagents are beautiful things to have. Right now, my my plan is still to go the medic dedication as well, but I am very tempted to go like rogue or something and try and get a. Uh, sneak attack and whatnot later but i think i'm just gonna go with medic because i've already talked about it rogue is a big pick as an archetype anytime especially at level two because you get like a, a class and a skill feat at the or no as a skill gain and a feat yeah it actually breaks a wonder's guide if i pick rogue i get too many skills but yeah anyway i that's my plan uh casper and Terron, what's your plans 
Well, for Casper, um, it's all about keeping people up. And right now, looking at the amount of downtime healing, uh, I was going to go godless healing because I'm selfish and I want to be able to battle medicine myself frequently. Uh, but right now, I, I, no, I'm going continual recovery, buddy, uh, to get that 10-minute timer and just be able to, get, to treat wounds endlessly because that's too cool. And uh, we've needed it so far, given my dice rolls. Uh, but I also get uh, uh, the skill gain, which is going to uh, athletics and and um, that fun, fun medic dedication gain of expert medicine now. I think I actually might go rogue dedication because the extra skill, I could get godless healing and mortal healing at level two, which would be crazy good. Because that's like a guaranteed critical success as long as I pass the medicine check. I mean, with the rogue dedication too, uh, your strong gain is like at level four, you'll be able to raise, I think, two skills and pick another feat, um, which might be worth waiting on the whole uh, mortal healing uh, right now just for continual recovery. Yeah, well, um, I don't know, can I get continual recovery? Oh yeah, I can. Wait, I'm not an expert in medicine, so I can't get, uh, I can't get continual healing yet, unless I'm missing something. Oh, you might not be able to. Uh, do you have battle medicine already? I do have battle medicine. Yeah, the rogue dedication is nice too. I didn't even think about this before, but if I sp- uh, I spring to combat faster and get surprise attack, so on the first round of combat, if I roll deception or stealth for initiative, then creatures that haven't acted are flat-footed against me, which means my one-shot, one-kill is more likely to succeed. And crit, which is huge. Oh, Danny, you can't get Captivator because it's a level four dedication. Oh, is it? Damn it. Oh, well. And then, Teron, what's your level two plan? Uh, my level two plan is going to be archetyping into Pathfinder Agent and picking up that expert proficiency in a skill. It'll probably end up being Intimidation, uh, just because Frightened is so good and... With increasing levels, their wills are just going to skyrocket, so um, good investment there. And then I'm going to take Esoteric Warden for level 2 Thaumaturs, that way I get plus 1 AC every time I succeed a recall knowledge slash exploit vulnerability on something, which having that plus 1 boost bringing up to 20 AC is going to be huge for survivability. I actually think I'm going to pick Stitch Flesh so that Alec can live instead of uh, Mortal Healing. I'll get Mortal Healing at level 4. I mean, if there's any other level 1s you want to get, including the uh, advanced inoculation in case we come up against disease stuff, like that treat diseases with a plus 4 circumstance to saving throws can be a lifesaver. Yeah, I just don't want to run into what we ran into today where you were the only one who could do medicine checks on Alec besides himself, and it was it was looking a little risky. Boy, howdy, wasn't that exciting? My favorite part is when they did the thing! Anyways, join us next time on the Pathfinder Kings as we continue the Outlaws of Alkenstar. If you like what we do here, consider supporting us on patreon.com slash tpkpodcast or joining our Discord. Also, remember to give us a follow on Twitter at tpkpodcast. See you next time, Outlaws. Roll for it.